0: Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today, listening to global news in social artistry. I'm your host, Dick Dalton, and our pleasure each week is to talk to someone who is building a more humane world from the inside out. And today, my guest is uh, at a different time zone. Arati Malvalimaj, uh, you're in Germany, aren't you?
1: Yes, absolutely. And yes, I have uh, about 1,700 here in Germany right now.
0: Oh, wow. That's the time, 1,700. Right. It's amazing what we can do on Zoom, isn't it?
1: It's absolutely amazing. And we don't have to travel.
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> exactly. That's great. COVID-free.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, Wonder- it's such a pleasure to have you today. We talked just the other day and I I actually got to know you for the first time, really. And mm-hmm. I, I thought, my goodness, we need to have you on the show.
1: I'm so excited. Um, and so you're a professional radio host. So I'm uh, hoping you will guide me through this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Arati, uh professional is uh, a word we don't use at our station because we're all volunteers. All right, yeah. Uh, you are a physician. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. You have such a beautiful story mm. how all of this came about. Yeah. And, and I'm just... Uh, I think our listeners would love to learn your story Mm -hmm. it's inspiring and uh, (laughs) your story starts in what Bombay India
1: yeah you could say so uh you could say so yes absolutely um I was born in Raipur though it's a it's like a central east part of India and um, kind of in between Bombay and Calcutta but more towards Calcutta Mm -hmm. and so yeah that's where I was born and I kind (coughs) of moved around a lot because my parents were just uh, naturally in other places due to my father's profession but um, that was the hometown my mother was pretty much also um, residing at and my maternal grandfather where then I kind of lived for about five years also um, and um, yes my father was abroad he was doing his PhD in physics in, uh, in Germany at that time and uh, that was the early 60s we were not allowed to travel with him leave India yeah. at the time so we stayed behind and so my mother chose to live with our parents usually traditionally the wife kind of um, belongs after marriage to her husband's family and but then she kind of chose to go back to her paternal house and kind of so we were very lucky and fortunate to live the five years with our my maternal grandfather and the family there was a huge family uncles aunts and cousins and all in one house mm. one big house so that was lovely was having uh pretty much you know the whole group to bond with and then naturally with um, also having an aunt she had her practice her medical practice in the house and that was my mom's younger sister she was not yet married so she still was living with her father and so she had a practice there and I had the opportunity to follow her everywhere you know I was following her like a shadow Uh And so by the age of five, four or five, I was like, I want to be a doctor (laughs) one day. And so um, that was pretty much one of the things that um, I was excited by. Yes. And so uh, then we moved out since uh, my father did come back from uh, Germany. And uh, then he tried to uh, establish in India and he had a job in Bombay. And so we moved to Bombay, which was like a two-day train trip from our hometown. In those days, we had those trains, which were not that fast. So, But uh, pretty much, yes, we did uh, live in Bombay about four and a half years. And in the meantime, then uh, our father had become kind of a stranger to us because we had not seen him for five years. And so almost. And so... uh, Yes, when he came back and uh, we lived in India, he was not feeling like he was really having enough challenge in his uh, profession. And so he kind of, you know, stretched his arms out. And then soon enough, he had a job in Europe, uh, Birmingham, in in England. And uh, so he was teaching physics there. And so we were then able to follow him to Europe for the first time. And I was nine years, almost 10 at the time. Yes. Then I was uh, consciously flying for the first time. That was my first long trip on an airplane. And so naturally, I found it very attractive to be an air hostess. Right. So I was like kind of dreaming about doing that in future.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And so then um, and then I heard about these hijacking stories that came up in the uh, early 70s. Right. 72 ish type of thing and then i said mm, no i don't think that's going to be the thing i want to do <laughs> and uh, so i was like distracted from that but then um, the only other thing i could remember would be yeah i wanted to be a physician and that became stronger and stronger the more i was a teenager that's when uh yes i was able to uh, follow that path and uh as i was telling you in the, one of my big miracles that happened to me um you know i came across a few miracle stories throughout my life uh-huh. that kind of gave me a little bit of an insight that is that there is more around us than what we can see i was a lot of times uh, being helped and directed pushed mm-hmm. around pushed in a positive way mm-hmm. um was given some warnings about coming danger, and things of that type. Right. And so I was able to avoid danger. I was ha- having help in dangerous situations from some, I would say, special powers around us. It was not my intelligence that brought me through sometimes. And uh, so I would say that one uh, one day I was telling you about that one event that happened um, that came without warning. I was uh, at my... Uh, great uncle's house on the 14th floor apartment so we were waiting for our dad to come up and pick us up from there so my uh, great uncle said oh your dad should have just rang the bell so why don't you go and open the door so I opened the door and somehow I hit something with uh, something hit my head terribly I lost completely my balance and I was like standing in a cloud I couldn't see where I was walking and I was thinking I walked into the house walked I walked I was in the house already so I thought I'm in the house but instead I walked out of the apartment and um on the 14th floor and the next thing I find myself I was hanging over the railing from the oh. 14th floor oh. and so um and uh, I was like Oops, my half my body is hanging over that railing, and I felt like I'm hanging on with my all my energy on this railing. And uh, suddenly, I felt a real great power on the back of on the back. Pretty much, it was like an adult was pushing against it from behind uh, to prevent me from falling over. To prevent. And, you. Uh-huh. Yes, and so, but then I looked to the left and right a couple of times. I couldn't see anybody. And then I said, what's that? You know, kind of spooky around here. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I looked around, kept looking if there's anybody. I couldn't see anybody. But I noticed that this house had a a glass roof on the top. And uh, there was a bright light coming through that glass roof. Mm -hmm. It was an incredibly bright sunlight that I had never noticed like that bright before and it was kind of dancing and flickering and I was like attracted to that light I was like whoa what is that and somehow I've had the thought is it possible that that is God or is there God in that light or something of that type and so I was keep on looking at this light and then all of a sudden it spoke back with me and I'm like whoa I'm like what and And then it it kind of with a deep male voice was speaking to me and uh, said, um, your time has not come yet. It's not time for you to go yet. And you're going to be of service to humanity. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I'm only like eight or nine years old and I'm thinking, hmm, what does that mean? And so I was kind of curious, but also scared in that moment. And I was, I did feel that something had saved my life. And I said, there must be something true about this. I didn't know what that means, serving humanity at that age, in the sense of could be anything from teacher to baker, doctor, nurse, anything. So, um, yeah, so I did get some warnings that could happen possibly in my uh, next future and also um that when i get back into the house that in the next few minutes certain talks are going to occur and so they were giving me advice i was given advice how to respond and when to respond and so on and so that house the apartment was on the 14th floor it had like a double door and it had no bell outside so you could only ring the bell from the ground floor from outside and there was no bell immediately at the door and they didn't have an elevator so you had to walk all the 14th floors <laughs> yes and so this is the condition in india and so um yeah it did take us some 15 20 minutes to walk up those tw- 14 floors and um being also very hot and humid and so yeah you did have to frequently kind of take a little break and um so it was time for one of my aunts to come home so i knew she was about to come home so i kind of waited that out and then when the door was then opened for her naturally i could go back into the house and then naturally these things did occur that i was warned about and so I knew that there is something that I'm following. It was one of, my, one of my, you know, events in my life.
0: What a miracle, right?
1: Absolutely. And so naturally, while I was studying then, I did come to Germany after we were in England first for two and a half years. And I came to Germany. I had to learn German from scratch. And uh, they, the Germans in that time, they did have a practice of, since I did not have German knowledge, they kind of put you behind two years right away from the oh. start. It kind of yes, and so it was like yes. I was ahead in India. I started schooling at age five, and by age nine, almost ten, I had already gone through fifth grade. But in England, they wouldn't believe that I had already done fifth grade by age of nine and a half. And then in in, in Germany, they put me back two years because of I didn't know German.
2: Mm.
1: So, um, and so there I kind of had a little lag in the schooling time. I learned German very fast and then um, by the end of schooling time in Germany, we had a final trip to Rome. Rome? And Rome, yes, absolutely. We did like a two-week Rome tour oh. and, and so with the school and uh, we had an um, invitation to see the Pope as well in this so-called Pope's audience, uh, Popst audience in German. Um, and so there, it was like a big event with about 3000 people in a huge hall, like a cinema theater or in a theater. Yeah, we were sitting with our school like way behind in the back rows. And then uh, the Pope was greeting uh, pretty much every group that was officially invited there. and.
0: This, so is whenever John, he, this is John Paul right Pope John Paul uh,
1: it was actually there were actually three um, holy Pope type um, people on the stage and actually it was um, I believe it was um, at that time actively the Pope was the Pope the sixth Paul the sixth I was it yeah and um, he was um, he was not present at the beginning He was uh, of this function. He was not there for about half an hour. And um, the later Pope John Paul took over his position and was then, um, you know, he was kind of addressing everybody. Huh. And so um, since naturally I'm not a Catholic, background, I'm born Hindu, Mm -hmm. I did not know all these details until I kind of looked it up and so uh, and uh, so actually that was um, the sixth, um, Paul the sixth I guess it was Mm -hmm. his name. Yes, Paul the sixth and but actually I did not speak with him but I spoke with John Paul because actually when he greeted our group of german schools i we we were all standing up whenever he was greeting a group we would stand up and so um and then he noticed that me as a brown girl in this white group uh, back there was he was wondering what am i doing in that group (laughs) and so i was called to the front and he said come here you what are you doing in that group and so So I was then I had to move out of my road just like in a cinema theater get down to the front. And there was already his helpers coming towards me to guide me to the front and tell me where I could stand. And so I was about like 10 meters away from Pope John Paul. And uh, then I started pretty much he started talking to me what I was doing in this group. And so I said, well, I do still go to school. and that is my group I'm here from Germany and so and then he uh, pretty much uh, apart from many other things that he spoke with me over about five to ten minutes he told me that he was getting guidance from above and if I believed in that and he told me that there was somebody up there he's telling him that I am a physician I'm a medical doctor what am I doing in that group oh and so I was like, okay, I wanted to study medicine, but I'm not yet done, and I have not even started med school. But that was my plan, uh-huh. and so I was really thrilled, naturally in a way, to kind of learn that he was telling me, "I will make it, yeah. and that will happen," <laughs> and I was anyway so thrilled about this whole event. I was like, couldn't almost could not believe it, you know. I was like. It was a miracle, I would say, Yes. Uh, for me as an Indian girl, non-Catholic, to come there and meet the Pope in person, you know, and speak
0: to him. I think you said that some of his people around him were not very happy with him spending so much time with you. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I was the first person to be pulled out of the crowd, and then he was speaking with me and there were some really diehard Catholic guys there and they were like, they were shouting at the Pope. They were like, what are you doing there? This girl is not a Christian and we came all the way so far to see you and, and why are you spending so much time with her? We are here, you need to address us. And so after a brief pause or almost two minutes, the Pope was silent and he just, then after a moment, he said, in front of God, we're all the same. He said, pretty much, we're all the same, no matter if we are a woman or a man or whichever religion we follow, whichever faith we follow, we're all one in front of God. There was silence again after that, naturally. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I, was, I was like just baffled but naturally he did try to convince me to convert to christianity Mm -hmm. which i naturally refused to do Mm -hmm. i said i have come to to rome with my school as a tourist and i have no grudge against my parents i do not hate them and if i do convert it would be like as if i hate my own background my religion my Mm -hmm. you know whatever i am about and i don't believe in changing your religion. I don't believe in somebody who is like part of a tree and then you put him somewhere else and then he's supposed to kind of grow. As, and so that's, I don't believe in that, but I do believe that we should all learn to accept others and other cultures and religions and keep our doors open and respect everybody and not try to make everybody fit into a certain box and you know, you be alike, we're all alike and all fit in like sardines, right? <laughs> and or soldiers, and so yeah, I, I do believe that we should all respect each other and, and regardless of male or female, and that we are equal, we should work for that goal.
0: Okay. And yeah. So, I think I told you that uh, his words reminded me of uh, another man from. India named Mm -hmm. Vivekananda who uh, was sent by his teacher from India to the U.S. in 1893 Mm -hmm. and ended up at the uh, exposition in Chicago. Yes. And there was for the first time a parliament of religions of about 7,000 people. It's an incredible this 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 man Vivekananda a short brown man <laughs> probably right. one of the few brown people there right goes down to the front and in perfect english because the british were in charge of india at the time and and, and he spoke english, british english Absolutely. and he he said something like we are all one there are many paths uh, but we're all brothers and sisters and Absolutely, yes, absolutely. People just love uh, him.
1: <laughs> and, and it's an incredible story because I, as far as I know, to my knowledge, he was one of the first Indians to ever travel to USA. Naturally, he had to travel by a ship. There were no airplanes. In right.
2: exactly.
1: so that was quite a long trip and it to a different country and weather condition and all that type of stuff. I don't even know how. That was that trip, so it was an amazing story, but naturally you don't get to hear all the details
0: well, I'm sure that he had some guidance from above, so to speak, just okay. as you did, yes, most
1: probably, and as you mentioned, actually his master had sent him, yeah his his guru had sent him actually the guru was supposed to travel. that's what you were telling me that uh, Vivekananda was actually the scholar. Yeah. <laughs> And so most probably, out of some reason, his master, the guru must have heard that to send him instead.
0: Yes, beautiful, beautiful story.
1: Whatever that was, but it is amazing story.:
0: Do you um, remember what year it was that you had gone with your school to?
1: Um, yes, it was It was uh, most probably 1978, uh-huh. um, and it, it was like around July time.
0: And um, that's the very year that Pope Paul VI died. Absolutely. Yes, actually.
1: He died within the next one, two weeks after our trip. Oh, wow. So that's why I remember that now. Mm -hmm. And then there was another pope that was in between. He was pretty much only for about four weeks. Oh. Um, He did not survive that long. And then there was John Paul the uh, second. Uh, Actually, it was Paul the first in between and then Paul the second afterwards, I think.
2: John Paul. Yeah, John Paul the second. And
1: so he was then voted in by October. That's when he kind of actually became the Pope. He was the one that was talking to us. Mm -hmm. And uh, because just because the actual Pope was not available for the first half an hour of the session,
0: well understandable and, if he was that uh, ill right and close to death
1: and right. so we did not we were not told why he was not available for the first half hour but naturally you don't get all those personal stories
2: yeah. right yeah right. right
1: absolutely so yeah there have been some u- unusual miracles in my life uh, that gave me some guidance and help from above Mm -hmm. And also when there are difficult times, it always gave me something to reflect on Mm -hmm. to say, yes, I have heard from the Pope. I have heard from that VIP or that VIP that I'm going to um, work it out. It will work out and everything will be okay. Naturally, as a student, you go through a lot of worries as a medical student, which is naturally one of the most difficult um, subjects to go through. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of tension in in finishing and also in the future, you think of where am I going to work? What is it going to be? Where am I going to be ending up? In those days, I was having some of my colleagues, they were going up to the Fiji Islands to get a job. Mm -hmm. And some were not even getting a job as a woman, it was difficult. Mm -hmm. And so um, i was really surprised how that worked out um yes and um it's a new unusual stories that i've come across mother mira is one um indian um somewhat spiritual person in germany she's um she chose to live in germany came to germany to actually take care of her ill brother who was living here but then she finally decided to stay here and then um I got to know her through a, a newspaper article.
2: Oh, okay.
1: A little picture of hers in size of a stamp. <laughs> and uh, then I was attracted, drawn to that picture to read it. Um, Mother Mira also came from South India, originally from where my ancestors also were from. Oh. And so she had a similar look uh, in her face. She could be almost a relative of mine. And so I was kind of attracted naturally seeing her picture in the newspaper. So I kind of read the article and I told my parents I would like to go see her. She was near Frankfurt around that time frame. And so uh, my parents said, Yeah, fine, let's call the number. We called the number and went there. And uh, she was having like a gathering in those days, it was not a big wait time to see her. The gathering was about 200 people in a huge um, home, several living rooms. They were kind of sitting and waiting for her to bless each person. So um, there was no name asked, no address, no bank account or anything of that type. You just went there, sit, sat there, she would bless you and then you would leave if you wanted to buy some of her, you know, collectibles or incense sticks, you could, uh, which were available at the end, and you could just then uh, pretty much leave, Um, and uh, when we were there, we did go a couple of times, since naturally this was a very unusual and spiritual thing, and um, so I think the second or third time when we went there, um, she called out my name at the end of, the gathering and she was like there's an rt in this hall please do not leave please stay and so i was like whoa i was afraid i was like i hope she doesn't keep me here (laughs) i don't want her to give me a job here to stay i wanted to go back home i need to finish my studies so but it turned out um she did send one of her helpers um, to me. And so she wanted to tell me that I shouldn't worry about my s- studies, my plans. She kind of asked what I wanted to do. So I told her. And so she said, please do not worry. Everything is planned for you. Your your path is set. Please do not worry. And you're okay. You will be okay. And um, so she offered me a present as a, to, as a memory to kind of remind me of this day. And um, so I was allowed to select anything from the shop. She said, just anything that we have in the shop. She had items from a postcard to big, huge pictures like that one in the background.
2: Oh, uh-huh. and,
1: <laughs> and that was uh, that size big picture she was selling for like 200 D marks at the time. And the postcard was like 250 D marks. And so I kind of chose a small postcard mm-hmm. in the size of, in the same picture with the same picture of what I had seen in the newspaper. And then I, uh, said, can I have that one? So, uh, she said she will go and ask. And so she went inside the helper well inside to ask. And about 20 minutes later, she came back. It did take that long to ask. And we were thinking she must have forgotten us. We were ready to leave. But she said, don't don't leave. She could kind of sense that we wanted to leave. She was like, don't leave. I'll be with you. So she came back and uh, she said, yes, you may have this postcard. And I was thrilled. And then she said, apart from the postcard, this is another present for you. (laughs) <laughs> and the present was a big picture of that size with her same photograph on it. And I was like, whoa, I couldn't believe it. As, so I was like so astonished, but I was, yeah. So that was one moment um, with Mother Mira.
0: And that's M-E-E-R-A, right?
1: M-E-E-R-A, absolutely. Um, she does this, uh, does these gatherings still, um, and actually she has become so famous that um, there's there are even VIPs that go to see her. Um, I've heard of um, some musicians uh, have gone to see her and are famous. So in that sense, um, she there have been some newspaper articles where she was also a, a, doing things like Dr. Naram. Um, she was able to Uh, wake up people that were in coma and things like that. So um, Mm -hmm. amazing abilities that are in this world in some people. Mm -hmm. And coming to mention Dr. Naram, actually, um, this is what brought us together, right, (laughs) Dick. And so, um, yes, this has just been also another miracle story. And uh, in my quest of finding new treatment methods, to help people um, solve their medical issues more thoroughly since in our field we don't really get to the bottom of healing people and uh, curing their diseases um, and we're actually in many ways intoxicating them with with um, artificial substances, with right. chemicals and um, so that doesn't give you a good feeling. Also you don't really knock out all complaints here people still have pain they still have inflammation they still have asthma and so you're not really getting to the root of it and right. uh, so i was always looking for treatment methods around the world and i still do so while i was doing that i kind of came across dr naram on uh online okay uh, through his videos uh-huh and so i was really really fascinated about dr naram's work mm-hmm. and i started keeping a folder writing down the notes that he was uh, you know spreading and also his marma points i was making some diagrams and, and um, trying to study those um, i also tried his mung bean soup and everything <laughs> of that type so
0: um, uh, you and, do a lot of mung bean <laughs>
1: Absolutely yes, uh, yes. We did do this ten day um, moon bean challenge, right? And then um, I've been trying to do, apart from the ten days, I've been doing some moon bean dishes every day. So, um, so naturally, moon bean is the um, nourishment plus detox agent. So in one, and so you are helping your liver and your gastrointestinal tract. Um, simultaneously and improving your health and I have noticed some increased stamina since I've been doing that and I loved moon beans anyway before so that was one of my favorite grains anyway oh, really? so, yes absolutely um, and so I would just occasionally cook it my, my mom us- usually only on certain days she would cook it not all but not regularly but I always enjoyed Moonbeam's um, and so basically naturally I would say that um, I was trying to follow Dr. Naram's uh, teachings and uh, I was wanting to attend his classes. I signed up for his classes um, and unfortunately most probably there were so many people wanting to learn from him that uh, it's more that it took more than two years for me to be accepted into a class.
0: Because he was teaching in Germany.
1: As well, and apart from also in the States and Italy and in other places. So he was traveling so much, but I couldn't um, attend when I was finally accepted last October to attend one of his classes. I was not able to make it at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, then uh, around February time, I kind of was driven to the computer to look around for the next classes Mm -hmm. for checking when are his next meetings and classes and so on. And unfortunately I got the bad news that he, um, was pretty much, yeah, he had ended his life and just two days prior to that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so there I was then, uh, kind of wondering, how will I proceed with learning his right. valuable, um, information? I had naturally already learned that, um, Uh, Dr. Clint G. Rogers was writing on this book Mm
2: -hmm. and I had
1: also signed up to be informed when the book is ready. Mm -hmm. And um, at that time, they had said something about six months, but actually turned out it was more than six months by the time Ah. the book was ready. Mm -hmm. And so I was then also fascinated when I heard that the book is going to be available. And then I was also asked about if I was in any way available to help out. And so uh, with the amount of time that I have, uh, I I was then slotted to be in one of the video translator groups. And so then I said, sure, I will um, try to do that. And uh, I can translate into German. And so I would gladly do that. And actually already two years prior, when I was watching one of his videos, Um, online, I had made a comment underneath and I said I would be willing to translate all of Dr. Naram's works into German for free. Wow! Two years years before before that and so uh, I was then very very thrilled to be part of it here and then this group that has formed around Dr. Clint Rogers is such a miracle again I mean it's been really uh, thrilling has been pulling me forward giving me also a pleasant um, feeling to go through and and I've learned also again new uh, things Um, it was really lovely the book is beautiful to read and also learn from and amazing stories within that's uh, that's
0: the ancient secrets of a master healer that's the absolutely. one you're referring to mm-hmm. absolutely yes and I, I think we might mention that uh if it's okay back last october the reason you couldn't go to this class was your mother was ill
1: absolutely yeah so, Yeah, so yeah she was she was visiting me last year from uh, june to October Mm -hmm. and yeah so unfortunately she was 83 years old
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh, so had some medical issues and uh, was getting injured severely again and again and again and so that led her to be then in the hospital had surgery and that didn't go so well Mm. then she couldn't make it anymore so October she passed Uh. and uh, so that was exactly the time when the course would have started with Dr. Naram and so unfortunately I never met him mm-hmm. personally mm-hmm. and so also I actually never tried any of his treatments
2: uh-huh.
1: so um, yes um, being also so far away from India so I did not have um, the opportunity to meet his Ayushakti Shakti group right. uh, in Bombay and uh, I'm still kind of naturally having that in the back of my mind and <laughs> you know, some time to make it there when I go to India.
2: Uh-huh. And
1: so yes, I hope that there will be some venue to uh, learn the pulse reading and more of his techniques. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm looking forward to
0: that as well. And so uh, everyone was very shocked when uh, Dr. Naram had been over in Dubai doing mm-hmm. a, a workshop, a class for yeah. healings. And uh, he flew back to Mumbai and mm-hmm. uh, was on the phone. And and before he was out of the airport, he had passed away. Yeah, and that's amazing. It was so mysterious. And they don't do autopsies there because the body has to be uh, burned in, what, 12 hours or 24 hours, something like that? Yeah. So it was so hard on so many people that it put so much uh, trust in his teaching and and guidance and healing.
1: Absolutely. Yes. And um, yes, unusual stories that I heard because he was accompanied by several doctors and they were not allowed to help him. The, the the airport regulations, they were so strange that they wouldn't allow his own crew that was, uh, you know, he had doctors in his group. And uh, they were not allowed to help him in that situation that I just cannot believe. Yeah. But there are some very strange regulations on airports, especially in India, it seems to oh, be sometimes.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, it's, uh, it was at the very time that I... First learned of Dr. Naram just just days before he passed. I had been asked if I would uh, check with this Dr. Clint Rogers to see if he would be on my radio show because he was going to be a presenter at a at an event uh, that I had been to in the past. I just wasn't going to be able to go that year. So when Clint came on my show. He it was his first interview after Dr. Naram had passed. Yeah, and uh, it was just such a, a touching conversation and uh, okay. so heartfelt. And I felt to follow up on it, and that's what led me to uh, the book and the contact on uh, the internet with his uh, experiment game and. Miracle Experiment, and then meeting you!
1: (laughs) Yes, so I must say, there's no coincidences there. (laughs) I'm really thrilled to have met you and all these people that, you know, have been in the group, and there have been amazing people in the group. Um, And, uh, yes, I must say, really, uh, it's boiled down to this great interview that you're doing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I sometimes say that it only took 13 and a half billion years for us to get together.
1: <laughs> absolutely. You could say it that way. You could say it that way.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Such a, such a uh, an um, amazing thing to have this universe and this solar system and uh, this earth and all the changes and absolutely our own and,
1: and i mean it's if i i watch a lot of programs about the planets and everything else and how huge the galaxy is and all that and and um, as a child as a teenager i used to talk a lot with my father about this subject and sometimes we would talk after dinner for hours together it would be then ending at 2 a.m oh, <laughs> and we were like oops where did the time go and we were trying to you know talk about the world and everything the planets and all and for me there was always the belief that there is more than what we are able to see and there's more than uh you know what we see as the stars and the planets and and uh so and in our family which naturally our father's side uh comes from priests and so there's a big philosophical background in the family, and also religious practice is really dense. Although, from grandfather's time, they all kind of re- left the religious uh, path of being priests, and so uh, they wanted to do something that is more worthwhile for people and uh, <laughs> more of use than you know to be practicing the religion, and so therefore. Um, But we would, we were, um, we were talking a lot about things of that matter and actually my father who was a, who had studied physics, he was attracted to uh, to find what is in between and also to to prove mathematically that there is a higher being.
2: Wow. Wow,
1: And actually, yes, he kind of extended Einstein's form, formula uh you know and uh so he kind of uh, kind of tried to explain god's existence in a mathematical formula
2: what? and
1: so yes he did, he did he did do a lot of lectures on that too and so yes he was he also wrote up a little booklet on that uh once upon a time and uh He was holding speeches from Switzerland Hmm. to actually USA. He went to Hmm. Netherlands and and all these places and he used to get mail from uh, Australia. He was invited to Russia and he went there a couple of times to talk about this. The Russians tried to buy the story from him and to present it as their own finding. Oh. Yes. (laughs)
0: Is (laughs) Is the booklet available in English?
1: um i think um i should look at it i have it i have it here in one of my i have it here somewhere so i have to look at it is it in english or in german it may be um, and
0: you know if if it's in german you could translate it (laughs) i could translate it
1: (laughs) i could translate it i think it'd be
0: fascinating to read i hadn't heard none none of this uh, Right. My wife is a masters in physics herself. We talk yes. about quantum yes. physics and all that.
1: Yeah. Oh right. Yeah, that would be great for her to um to to look into that.
0: Very much so. Yeah. Please uh, keep <laughs> me posted on that.
1: I will I will present you that on another talk, I guess. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, it's good. Yeah,
1: yeah. since we're going to be talking once a week on the side um, from our um, yes, and so um, with our group, with Clint Rogers and so on, we are having more talks together. We will we will discuss that. Yeah, one of these, I guess.
0: I, I wondered uh, as we talked about your past, uh, is there in your family uh, one of the gods that is more revered or? has a space in your home worship, Ganesh or Krishna or...
1: Yes, yes, um, absolutely. Yes, my parents used to um, um, follow Krishna um, Uh a lot, but also um, Ganesh. Uh And so, yes, Ganesh and Krishna for sure have a place. Um, And uh, yes, I, I still do practice the Ganesh Puja here. Um, once every year around this time in August is when his his big celebration is in India. It's a real huge, I don't know if you've heard of this, uh, Ganesh Puja. Um, and usually it's a three to ten day event where then people have big um, deities, statues of Ganesha in their home or wherever they're celebrating and then they will they will have processions through the streets and then they usually discard the whole statue into the ocean versus river
2: mm-hmm. at
1: the end and give him back to uh, his, uh-huh. you know, pretty much given back to the nature versus where he came to.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, but we invite him to our homes and to give him give us his blessings. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does belong to our one of our favorite gods. And I have, a, I have many statues of him in our house, even to the point that my husband said, how many of them do you need? <laughs> and so, yes, I have from the miniature size to, you know, bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also um, am a big fan of Buddha. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm not a born Buddhist, but I do... I'm fascinated about his, um, you know, teachings, but also as he progressed from being a prince. Yes. And those days they were having kingdoms and so they were fighting between kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he, though, left the path of fighting and uh, wanted to have a more peaceful world. And he was able to success on that. Um, after many many years he was able to succeed and and convince other kings to go the free uh, the peaceful route And is still alive in the in the I mean practice today and that is amazing. I find very amazing
0: and so You were talking about Siddhartha the
1: Yes absolutely. Siddhartha. Right, that's yes, that's and so he was he was uh, He was in his youth called Siddhartha and then uh, when he got the enlightenment that's when he was called buddha mm-hmm. and uh, so naturally i'm not the l- language specialist but buddha or buddhi has to do with you know and uh, we, we say the mind mm-hmm. oh, when okay. you have brain versus mind and knowledge and mm-hmm. all that type of thing in that sense um i guess that's where the name buddha came from from oh. buddhi buddhi is the uh you know the mental capacity and uh yes
0: thank you uh, i did not have that connection thank you
1: yeah and so i just kind of thought yes he was called siddhartha when he was young uh-huh. yeah and i've also seen the dalai lama one time in uh, frankfurt i did go uh, when he was here it was also a huge football stadium full of people that was also a very uh, nice experience um and so otherwise uh, yeah i must say i've been talked to from uh, not by by um, the dalai lama but several um, religious spiritual people kind of pointed me out of a crowd or came and sat next to me and chose to talk with me and i'm like i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> and sure i find um if it's my job to uh, make people aware of Um, a higher being that is with us all the time, along with us, in us, around us all the time. And I find that is a real uh, good experience. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: And um, yes, and um, I chose to be a servant of God in a way, in in our religious belief, in, in Hindu religion, you can practice your religion by doing service to mankind or to the Community. And so um, that is for me, it is a form of practicing religion. So,
0: yeah. Well, one of my favorite quotes uh, comes from the Bhagavad Gita, uh-huh. uh, where Krishna has uh, taken material form as the charioteer for mm-hmm. Arjuna. Yeah. And he gives that message that you were saying that the Buddha had Come to give in terms of peace. I believe you were saying Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to read it. Uh, I got it quoted in my book. So Krishna says to Arjuna kill therefore with the sword of wisdom the doubt born of ignorance that lies in thy heart be one in self harmony, in yoga, and arise, great warrior, arise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that's just a thrilling quote. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, and it,
1: it's amazing when you when you see these um, this hist- these historical works um and how much fighting was included in these um stories and mahabharata and these um stories that um i was just you know when you talk about god or religious practice you're thinking more of peaceful activities and but in those days they had kingdoms and there was always a lot of fighting going on
0: right right and, in the and, in the uh Bible, uh, some of us uh, are raised to understand there's an Old Testament and a New Testament. Of course, if you're Jewish, it's not the Old Testament. It's just
1: the Testament. Yeah,
0: and different things. But so much fighting in that uh, the stories of Moses and Joshua and the different ones. But then you come to uh, Jesus and it seems to be a message of peace and
2: Mm -hmm. love
0: and uh, Yeah. Mercy and so on. So that's great. Yeah. There seems to be that kind of unity around the world of spiritual teachers that come to that conclusion. Absolutely. It's good to be a part of that team.
1: (laughs) I think so. I think so. That is a great, um, great thing. I mean, I I don't see myself as one of the um, big figures that were on, on this world. Um, and I'm just one of the small doers in this world, you know, I'm kind of just uh, one of the small soldiers in this world, kind of in a way and doing my work. And um, yes, I'm not one of the spiritual leaders, but um, yes, um, I'm there to, to kind of practice that way of life, absolutely.
0: Yes, I describe us as a, a cell in the body of the universe.
1: Yes, absolutely. That is true as well.
0: And our choices uh, that you and I are making are to move the universe toward health and love, uh, yeah. as best as we know how.
1: That's that's correct. Yes, and we also still have to also go through battles. You know, we also just have battles, just like anybody else, and. Um, to spice our life, you know, we, we, have, we have that as well. We're not always having only rosy days. And uh, so um, we have to learn also through pain.
0: Right, and we feel pain for others and uh, really? we see others suffering and have the compassion and the empathy for what's going on, knowing that uh, the world has not come along uh, so equally for people yeah. um, and it is a, a difficult time for so many. So yes. I'm Very happy that you are where you are. Are, are you considering yourself retired yet?
1: Almost in the process. I'm in the process of retiring. And so, yes, I I am now over 60. So I'm kind of, you know, slowing down. And, uh, yeah, don't have that type of energy that I had when I was 30 years old. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of getting into that retiree age.
2: I I thought you mentioned
0: that there may be uh, a new clinic in your future. Uh, Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. uh, um, I was, uh, you know, I've been working with the American Army here in in Germany, and I was thrilled to have this job because I have this – international way of thinking and um, i love this international surrounding that i'm working for and uh, now that i'm getting into the retirement age and process um, and getting away from this military life um, which i've been working as a local national as a civilian uh, and not a soldier so um, and uh, so Suddenly I was approached by some of my colleagues which are Americans from I mean They pretty much born and lived and went to school in USA and came to Germany to be active for some time And actually they do not want to return back to the States ah. Now that we are having this COVID problem going on heavily in the USA They want to stay back here mm-hmm. and they want to they're thinking of retiring in Germany and so um they were they approached me and they were like would you like to have open a clinic with us together you know and i'm like whoa i was thinking of getting into retirement uh, but that's something uh, that has just shown up and um, it might mature we will see there
0: it could be a part-time for each of you and you could start to incorporate more of your marma points and your mung bean soup and your...
1: Yeah. uh, So I can work more on the uh, kind of holistic type of medicine, which I kind of believe in very strongly. Yeah. And um, I can do more on the education side and try to educate people to live healthier lives. Yes. Support their medical problems in an easier and more thorough way. That's something that I can uh, imagine doing since we have been going through this miracle group and thinking of uh, all these possible miracles that could possibly show up in our life. And so this is something that just showed up and uh, I'm just thrilled.
0: Well, I feel like we're kindred spirits and (laughs) uh, we will see each other soon. And I'll say to the audience, uh, remember friends, uh, wherever you are, that is your world. Please uh, leave your world cleaner and more peaceful and more loving than you found it. Because if it is to be, it is up to us. Take care. Talk to you soon.